Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to the Citizens Advisory Podcast, which is presented by the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. Uh, my name is Ben Herring. I'm the Vice President of the, of the organization. And I'm Jess Stalnecker, Executive Director. Um, and we are just so glad you're here. We're so glad that you are willing to listen to us um, and join us today. Um, we want to tell you a little bit about who we are, what we do. This is our first ever podcast episode, although it's been in the works for a while. Um, we're finally just ripping off the bandaid and getting right to it. Um, and so we feel like this is so important that we, um, we put something out there that you can digest, um, and, you know, take action on. So Ben, um, tell our listeners who we are, and kind of our story and how we got started. Yeah, thanks, Jess. So we're a group of parents that are not happy with what is happening in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and even more so across the entire nation. Uh, but we, we can only start, you got to start from the ground level. So in our local regional area, uh, we formed um, in 2020 when the pandemic occurred, the whole COVID lockdown situation. Like many other parents, we started to notice that what we, what we believed for the longest time was happening in the um, public school system turned out to not fully be the case. A lot of concerns were, you know, raised. A lot of parents started getting involved and exposing a lot of what was happening. Um, and then, of course, in 2020, what was not happening, which was our children actually in classrooms. Right. So um, I was one of those parents that became activated at that time to um, try and understand exactly what was happening. Um you know, I have children. So, you know, at the time one was a senior in high school and basically lost his entire senior year due to all the lockdowns and everything like that. And if they were, they were justified and, and needed to occur, that's one thing. I think we're going to get into that as we talk over these episodes that uh, they may not have been, as you know, now in 2023. Um, but anyways, we, you know, I found other parents that were in the same kind of evolutionary phase as I was. Uh, we connected, we became friends. A lot of a lot of the you know the folks that are on the board now, and in April of 2022, we decided to officially form, submit paperwork through the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to become a 501c3, which we are now, just over one year old, um, in that, and you know now we're now we're actually putting pen to paper and making you know business decisions because we are now an actual organization, and you're going to hear a lot about that as well, things that we are doing and things that we're putting into motion uh, to, to make things really happen. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so just a little background on me. I just started uh, at the end of January um, this year. And um, I, like Ben, a lot of a lot of things were exposed because of COVID in the school districts. And so um, I, like Ben, kind of got connected with this group of parents and um, I was immediately attracted to the fact that they weren't just complaining about their school districts um, or, you know, um, just talking amongst themselves, but that they were taking action. And so I think that that's one of the things that you can definitely expect from our organization is that we do take action. We'll we'll get more into that, like Ben said, um, as we do future podcasts. But as far as this podcast is concerned, um, we talked about doing an episode every Friday. So you can expect that we will put out a new episode every single Friday. 
Um, and if something comes up that is urgent in nature, we will certainly record more as necessary um, so that we can keep you in the loop. Because I think that's one of the things that um, we're at a little bit of a disadvantage um, with our media as it stands, our mainstream media as it stands. And so um, we feel as though we have to put this out there so that parents can be getting um, the truth. So um, let's talk a little bit about like what we do, what our priorities are. Um, and I'll have you start, Ben, because I think that um, it's important to understand, you know, where we're at in terms of um, our organization, where we stand on certain things. So can you get us started with that, Ben? Yeah, let me back up real quick, though. I want to talk yeah. about uh, two quick things. The media is absolutely not our friend for whatever yeah. reason. They've um, they're just antithetical to what we stand for. They don't apparently through their writings and through their, you know, the, the opinions that you read in, in our local newspapers, you can tell that they have a very um, different, you know, understanding of parental rights than we do, apparently. Um, and, and we could certainly talk about that. And we are rooted in, in, in fundamentally a parental rights organization. I want to make that clear. You know, re regardless of what the, the substance is and what the topic is, if it has to do with you as a parent losing the ability to make a choice for your child, we are here and we will be right there by your side fighting this because that is not something that we believe in in any way. A parent, a parent always reserves the right to make decisions for their children. And then on, on Jess, I want to talk quickly about you. So when you become an official organization, one of the things that we realized right off the bat was that when we opened up our website for citizens alerts and for folks to be able to reach out to us and connect with us. Now, remember, we're all volunteers. We're all parents that, you know, work and we volunteer because this is so near and dear to our hearts. But we learned right away, holy cow, there are, we knew there was a lot of issues. We even underestimated how many issues there are in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So when we started to get inundated with emails and phone calls and people reaching out saying this is happening and this is happening, we knew right off the bat we needed somebody um, to basically run this organization full time. This is a full time thing and it's only growing. As as uh, I quote my colleague, Miss Jeff Stalnecker, we will never be smaller than we are today. And I think that's absolutely true. And we started to to think about what is the right fit for our executive director. And we couldn't have come up with a better choice than we made with, with Jess because she has a background in education. She actually has a degree in biology, which is going to be important for what we talk about here in the future when it comes yes. to the trans movement. Um, and I'm thrilled that you're on board. I can't believe it's only been over three months. It feels like it's been a lot longer than that. It does. It does. But that's, that's how many you know issues that we're dealing with right now. So the media is not our friend. So that's why we're here. We're here because we're going to speak truth. We're going to bring receipts. We're going to show everybody what's really happening, not through the lens of some potentially partisan or activist type, you know, news article that people might read. We're going to tell you the truth. And uh, if you don't agree with us, so be it. But we're going to have the receipts to back up what we're saying. Absolutely. So with that being said, let's talk about what we do. What are our priorities? So we have eight priorities right now, and they're all very, very, very crucial um, to being a parent and to raising children in today's day and age. Uh, the first one we have is what is a 903 policy. If you're on our Facebook page, you've seen that Jess actually 
did a short clip on this on our Facebook page. But what does your 903 policy mean in schools? It's your, your ability to speak at public meetings. Unless you're living under a rock and you haven't seen the last three years of national news stories of parents that have gone to school board meetings to address their school boards, um, that is what the 903 policy is. We've learned that out of the 502 school districts, the public schools in the Commonwealth, um, most of them have a 903 policy that is actually not truly consistent with what the law should be. And that's something that we fight back on. Uh, we send out legal notices. We send letters. We, we're, we're going to continue to fight this until those 903 policies for all of your schools look the way they should look. So right. You wanna... If you lose that ability to speak in a public meeting, it's over, right? Like that is literally the number one priority that we have. Um, do you want to talk about 103 and I can move into some of the curriculum stuff? Absolutely. So 103 yeah. is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, the 103 policy for your schools is a non-discrimination policy. And in episode two, we're going to talk pretty extensively about this with this House Bill 300 that came out. So your 103 policy is why discriminated against. Um, and on the surface, it sounds that's completely normal. You should not be discriminated against because of your race, religion, excuse me, sex, whatever, you know, whatever category that is. There's 11 categories that are in there for most 103 policies. Uh, but what we're seeing across the Commonwealth due to the current government that we have is a very strong push for this uh, 103 to include terms such as sexual orientation, which I have no issues with. Right. You being gay, lesbian does not matter. I don't think that provides any risk to another student. So I want to be clear on that. That's not where we stand. But where we do stand is on the gender identity I don't believe that identity is a true thing. I think it's a made-up, non-scientific term. Um, we can get more into that as well. But the 103 policy is extremely important. If your school has a 103 policy that states that any student can use the facilities, play on the sports team, whatever of their, quote, gender identity, that means they're going to allow a boy who says he's a girl, even though he might have, have zero medical anything started to go into the bathroom of your daughter. We have a problem with that. Right. Absolutely. Um, to the next two things, we kind of broke them down. Um, social emotional learning, which again, sounds really good on the surface, right? Like we know that we're in the middle of, of a mental health crisis and probably brought on by COVID a lot of it. Um, but there is a push in our public schools to, um, be a mental health facility basically for our children. Um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, surveys that are being taken, um, mental health surveys. Um, a lot of times parents don't even know that they're occurring. And so it's really important to understand um, that this is happening in the schools um, and that it's not always beneficial. We know again, that there is a mental health crisis among our kids, but um, we all, we also feel as though sometimes the schools are perpetuating that more than they're helping. And there's, there's some apps that are going to be in our future episodes as well. We're going to talk about Couth. We're going to talk about rhythm. We're going to talk about terrorist metrics. There's different things we're going to talk about that explicitly talk about that SEL profiling Absolutely. of students. Yes. 
Um, and then DEI and CRT, also part of the, the curriculum in the public schools, uh, DEI stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and then CRT is critical race theory. And if you've been around for the last couple of years, you see that this is kind of creeping up um, in our schools. And again, while on the surface, like, right, you, you don't want to be called a racist, right? Like, we don't want racism in schools. This actually is like racism at its peak. Like, these things are very divisive in school curriculum, um, makes children believe that because of the color of their skin, um, they are, you know, uh, the oppressed or the oppressor. Um, there are some crazy things going on in schools where teachers are teaching about slavery in a way that makes, you know, um, kids wear slave numbers on their hands and carry each other's books. Like there's some crazy things going on. And so um, we just are against any kind of divisive curriculum at all. Um, again, we want everyone to be included. We want everyone to be treated equally. Um, but actually these curriculums are the opposite of that. Yeah. And we've seen that on full display in one of the school districts in Western Pennsylvania. Um, one of the, some of the parents reach out to us and they, they change the caps and gowns for the graduation to be one color because they want it to be more inclusive and things like that are just part of this whole issue that they have with equity and inclusion and all that stuff. If you want to move on to academic performance. Yeah. I mean, it's no, yeah, thank you. It's, it's no secret. Uh, I was on a podcast a few weeks ago and, and the question was brought up, where do we currently rank? And we're in the, the late twenties and the thirties in almost every category um, when it comes to education performance, like academic performance. And there's, there's no, you could, you could trace back a little bit and kind of figure out why that is. When the United States Department of Education was formed in the 70s under Jimmy Carter, at that point in time, we were number one academically in the entire globe, and we need to be. It's for so many reasons to include national security and everything. Absolutely. Um, and when we continue to push garbage in these schools and things that are not needed and divisive material like you're talking about, where we we concern ourselves more with you know, somebody's pronouns than we do with actually can they do reading, writing, and math. You know, that that has an effect, and we, we're seeing that effect. And we have folks that are reaching out to us telling us firsthand accounts of what's happening with those effects. So we are we do monitor academic performance, and we actually have a scorecard system that we do, which will also be talked about in the future. And um, we're going to be monitoring these schools that are performing poorly. And guess what? We're going to find out why and show you folks why. Um, and I think you'll be in line to see some of this stuff. It's not good. Absolutely. Um, another big priority of ours is fiscal responsibility. I actually live in a district right now where we're having to furlough 12 teachers. Um, and this is after all of the American Rescue Plan money. This is all the um, the ESSER funds. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, that was uh, COVID money given to the schools the last few years. Um, and even with all of those extra funds, we still are falling short in our budget. And so um, we think that it's really important to make sure that our um, tax dollars are going to our kids and not necessarily lining, um, you know, the pockets of administrators and solicitors and, and things like that. So we are definitely um, paying attention to the financials of uh, of the districts across the pencil across the Commonwealth as well. 
Can I jump in on that too? Yeah, absolutely. Esser, Esser is something that, that our president, Jamie Walsh, is definitely going to talk, talk about in a future episode because yes. this is something he kind of cracked the code on um, last year, maybe even late 2021. What happened with the current White House is they pushed out Esser 2 and Esser 3. The American Rescue Plan was originated from the Trump administration. And it was to get ventilators and PPE into schools to protect our children when we didn't really know what was happening with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Well, then we kind of figured out what was happening and then we got smarter and, and you know, a lot of good research was done, but then it got hijacked. It got hijacked and became a political issue. Absolutely. So now ESSER-2 and ESSER-3, just to expound upon that funding, because it was a lot of money. And this is not their money. This is our money. These are taxpayer funds. ESSER-2 and ESSER-3 were sent to school districts who applied for it, but like everything else, strings were attached. So here's, you know, $10 million in ESSER-2 funds to whatever school. But in return, the Department of Education requires that you now teach all of the above that we just talked about. Gender theory, you know, critical race theory. You're going to teach children that they need to be classified, profiled, all that stuff. So ESSER is a really, really, really bad topic. Excuse me, that we're, like I said, Jess, we're definitely gonna have to talk about that one. Yeah, that'll have to be an entire episode. Um, Violence in schools. Yeah, violence in schools. Yep. So along with this this equity and inclusion and and all this other, you know, I don't want to say trophy type mentality, but but when you allow for, when, when you're not accountable, and you're basically telling students they're not accountable um, for doing something wrong and there's no repercussions for it, you get another huge issue that we're dealing with and, and that we're having folks reach out to us about, which is violence in schools is actually getting much worse. I don't know if a lot of parents are seeing this, um, but I was out the other day in, in, in our own area of Wyoming Valley West. You know, there were a lot of parents talking about that. Yeah. Like, have you heard about all the fights that are going on? There's fights every single day. I mean, this is due to the the culture of what we're talking about right here. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be accountable and you're going to continue to teach that equity, 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 well, then you can't punish anybody because that's not being equitable, right? So, I mean, okay. there's it all ties in together, but it's really bad. So, we do monitor violence in schools, and those are things that do happen when it comes to that. We're going to bring it to your attention. Absolutely. And then I'm going to have you close us out with the adherence to lawful guidance, such as PA and federal law as it pertains to our kids in school. So um, there's quite a few uh, laws, federal and state, that protect our kids. And since you are our law and strategy guy, let's um, yeah. let's have you close us out with that. With that. It's funny, too. Full disclosure, I'm nowhere near an attorney, nor would I ever want to be an attorney. No. Uh, because they are... They are what is the term I heard was quote professional assholes. <laughs> I think a lot of them would actually tell you that they are too. Yeah. Uh, language. Um, but the reason I, I got involved with launch strategy as far we have a committee structure and, and that's the committee that I chair is because I just read so much and I'm just a real basic what's fair and what's not fair kind of guy. And when I'm seeing some of these things happening where a parent submits a right to no request and is told you can't get this, even though it's their own child. Right. Like the, the, the fairness doctrine, if you will, is completely violated. Like that's their child. Why, why wouldn't they be able to see the information about their child? 
so I do a lot of reading. I follow a lot of the um, the laws in the state, a lot of the court cases that are going through the state. So just on that alone, I, I kind of, you know, morphed into this position of, of chairing the uh, Law and Strategy Committee. And what I found through all my readings and, and research and talking to our attorney um, that we have is there's a lot of protections out there that a lot of parents are not aware of. Right. So COPPA is a big one. It's Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. It's a federal statute. Uh, FERPA, a lot of folks have heard of through going, if they've sent their kids to college. Um, that's basically the financial protections of students. Um, HIPAA, we've all heard of HIPAA. That's medical privacy. The Sunshine Act. The Sunshine Act is so huge in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, the right to know law exists. Uh, we've gotten extremely familiar with the right to know law, and we're only getting more familiar each day. Um, but these are things that are resources that we're going to continue to stress to our members that utilize these resources to the fullest extent possible. But to this uh, priority for us, when a school district is not following these guidelines and these these lawful statutes, we will pursue whatever remedy we need to on behalf of the parents to make sure that, you know, they're not, their, their rights are not violated. Pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and so, and those are the eight priorities that we have, right? Yeah. And, and we know that that probably sounds like a mouthful, right? That sounds like a lot of stuff and it is. Um, and sometimes it can be discouraging and sometimes you can feel like you're like alone in the fight or you're the only one that has these viewpoints. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that we want from this podcast is to be an encouragement, right? Like we want you to know you're not alone in the fight. Like that's why we're here. Um, and also, you know, as, as tough as this stuff is to digest, there is a way to continue to take action and push back against it. And so um, we hope that that's what you get from this podcast. You get the truth, you get action items, and you have, you know, a group of people that are in the fight with you. Um, yeah. Do you want to close us out, Ben? I think that this is, this is it, right? Like this is episode number one. We hope you join us for episode number two, which is going to be on house bill 300, something that's very important. If you're not familiar, definitely listen to that episode. Um, but I think that's it. That's a wrap for today. So why don't you close us out? And, um, yeah, we hope you guys tune in. Yeah. So that's who we are. That's what we do. You've heard our priorities. If any of those priorities that we spoke about, you have an issue in your school that has to do with one of these, reach out to us. There's a chance we might've heard it before. There's a chance we, we might've already done something about it. And if we can replicate that to help you, we absolutely will. Absolutely. So we are on Facebook, Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. Uh, our logo is there. We're also, we have our website, so you can, you can contact us there. Um, that's www.citizensadvisorypa.com. It's not of PA. It's just citizensadvisorypa.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Citizens Advisory Pennsylvania. Same thing. You'll see the same logo. So you know it's us. Um, so please reach out. Let us know. Even feedback is is even, you know, always encouraged. And uh, if you're out there and you're listening to this, um, join our team. We need all the parents to join us. We need to make sure that the government does not act outside its bounds. Um, you know, the, the best way a society can fully function to its greatest extent is with citizens and the government all working together amicably, cohesively uh, for the betterment of our children, especially above all. So yes. uh, we are the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. This is the Citizens Advisory Podcast. 
Uh, tune in to episode two, as Jeff stated. We're going to talk about House Bill 300, which is here. And I think I think that's it, Jess. I think that's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.